Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Anyone that listens to this show knows that category leaders are using data-driven customer engagement to create better customer experiences, more loyal customers, and a competitive advantage for the years ahead. Twilio recently published its annual State of Customer Engagement Report, exposing the significant challenges businesses face in activating customer data and what's at stake when it's done wrong. Today, we're going to talk about customer engagement as competitive advantage and how engaged consumers that trust the brands they support become loyal lifetime customers. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Glenn Weinstein, Chief Customer Officer at Twilio. Glenn, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Uh, why don't we start by you giving a little background on your role at Twilio? And, and for those that may not be uh, quite as familiar with Twilio, can you briefly explain uh, what Twilio does? Yeah, sure thing. Well, I'm the chief customer officer at Twilio, as you mentioned, Greg. And Twilio is a leading customer engagement platform. A lot of software developers know Twilio as a pretty famous company for our APIs, our software APIs that let you send uh, SMS messages or connect phone calls or send emails over the internet using our software APIs. But as the company has evolved and we're a $4 billion revenue company now with almost 300,000 customers, we've gotten pretty big and we offer a lot of different services. And one of them is a full-fledged customer data platform called Twilio Segments which will, I think, factor into our conversation here. So we help uh, companies and organizations of every size, from single individuals to the world's largest companies, to engage with their customers better, to know their customers better, and to use that information to communicate with their customers better. Yeah, great, great. Well, yeah, let's um, let's dive in here. So we're going to look at three aspects in that report I mentioned, so Twilio's State of Customer Engagement Report. Let's explore the first topic, which is uh, brands that don't personalize well leave about 20% revenue on the table. So more than half of consumers say that they'll spend more on a brand that personalized experiences, and 86% of consumers say that personalized experiences increase their loyalty to brands. Yeah. So what are brands overlooking when it comes to creating the right infrastructure for personalization? Well, historically, brands have relied on third-party data about customers. They buy data, they collect data via third-party cookies, and they're treating customers, generally speaking, uh, all the same. And that's the big gap that 
is called out in this report. And it's really a technological revolution over the last decade, particularly over the last five years. You've just got to provide a more individualized and personalized experience. Uh, as far as infrastructure, it's really two key pieces. First, you've got to uh, collect data about customers in a more direct way based on their interactions with your brand. And the way you do that is through a piece of technology called a customer data platform or a CDP. Um, the second thing you need once you have a CDP in place is to find a way uh, from a technical perspective to, to activate the insights that you, that you collect in that CDP. And that's just a fancy way of saying you've got to communicate with customers using the data that you're gathering in the CDP in an authentic and personalized way. So you've got to have a, a piece that allows you to actually complete the engagement, communicate with customers either one-to-one -one or through presentation of an ad or something like that. But you know, you've got to connect your engagement system to your CDP. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned one-to-one -one and and certainly even for small businesses, but you know, a lot of a lot of people at at larger brands are are listening to the show. And and you know, when we say things like one-to-one -one, omni-channel personalization, you know, that should definitely be the goal. But uh, you know, even very large brands with a lot of infrastructure in place can struggle to to get to this one-to-one omni-channel personalization quickly. Yeah. So it's, you know, it could be data scalability, platform scalability, or the ability to create content or campaign variations at scale. So yeah. what are what are some smart ways that brands should be thinking about scalability and personalization? Well, there's a time and a place everywhere in the customer funnel for one-to-many or one-to-few or one-to-one -one personalization. You know, I'm thinking in terms of our own product, Twilio segment, is, is really uh, at least two paths you can go down. You can think in terms of customer journeys, which are a little more personalized and a little more later in the funnel, or think more in terms of segmenting your audiences, which of course is the origin of the product name Twilio Segment. Um, and when you're thinking about an audience, um, you're really segmenting customers, not on a highly individualized one-to-one -one basis, but you're creating audiences based on some appropriately narrow cohort. So these cohorts are defined by demographics. You don't need to personalize to Greg, but you do want to personalize to some demographics based on events that your customers have done, like they've per, uh, say a running store, give me all customers who have purchased a piece of running gear or an accessory or an audio, a piece of audio gear. Secondly, you create your audiences based on traits. I want all, all women, all newbies to running, you know, all marathoners. And you make those as narrow as you want. And then you kind of narrow cast specific messages to different audiences. That's a great start. As you get more and more sophisticated, you get more granular in your audience creation, but anything is better than a one size fits all approach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's, uh, let's talk about measures of success here. And I, I want to start with some of the, the short term measures. Uh, you know, how do we know if our personalization is working? You know, we, we know that the, the tools are working, but we don't necessarily if it's know if it's it's being as effective as it as it could be. So you know, what type of approaches help brands move quickly to improve experience and get quick results from personalization? You're, you're asking a variant of the age-old question, Greg, where 50% of our advertising budget is wasted. We just don't know which 50%. Right. So you know, to some extent, I think all campaigns share this issue. But um, I don't think there's anything new here. And when you introduce the CDP and personalization, you're still at heart. You're talking about marketing campaigns. And marketing campaigns can be measured in 
you know, reasonably accurate fashion in terms of their performance. Are you driving more engagement? Are you getting to more conversations? And how do you define engagement? You know, are we talking about store visits, product views, started orders, completed orders, maybe just, you know, straight up revenue for, you know, a, a B2C type situation. But I think the important thing that I, that I would emphasize here is that you want to tie your campaign performance to your CDP. That really is the, the closed loop thing that may be a little new for some marketers is honing your audience definition, honing your journeys, honing your profiles based on the performance of the campaigns that you're seeing. So I don't know if there's any, I don't think I have any particularly new insights into measuring campaign success metrics, but yeah, that's at least what comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so what, what about long-term measures? So, you know, beyond an individual campaign, I talk a lot about customer lifetime value. And I've, I've heard that's one of the buzzwords of the year from some source <laughs> or something. Um, certainly not a new concept, yeah. but I think a lot of brands are thinking more about retention and, and long-term value of, of customers. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel about this approach? And, you know, are there other metrics to keep in mind as well when you're, when we're thinking longer term? Well, long uh, uh, lifetime value is an, is a good metric because it works, and I definitely agree with that approach. But I, I would uh, also advocate, especially in B two C context, looking at repeat customers. A lot of B two C brands, you're not talking about a one and done or a boolean. You know, you either have a good relationship with a customer or you don't. These things fluctuate over time and over the lifetime of the customer. So, repeat customers, repeat visits. You know, you can overcome, um, you, you, can, you can get lost in the data and a single interaction is not going to tell you the whole story. But maybe short of lifetime value, maybe look at some sort of intermediate metrics, repeat customers, NPS, brand reputation through third-party surveys. And don't overlook a basic thing that I actually think a lot of co- uh, brands overlook, which is just talk to your customers beyond the surveys. Your, your executives, your managers, your leaders, just you just need to be out there and get the sentiment. You'll know pretty quickly. If you're starting to see an impact in the kinds of conversations you have with your customers, you know, if, if all these personalization attempts that you're making are having an impact, you'll hear it in the intimacy with which they describe your brand. I think of the leading brands that create a personalized experience in my own life. I'm a big Delta Airlines flyer. And if I talk to anybody at Delta, the passion comes through. I just appreciate the treatment I get from Delta. It's highly personalized. You'll hear it. So I think there's objective measures and then there's just get out there and talk to your customers. Before we continue, I'd like to make sure you're aware of the upcoming CXPS 2023 conference, May 8 through 11, 2023 in Durham, North Carolina. CXPS is a great CX event focused on professional services firms that want to know how to take the next steps to make their firm successful in integrating client experience with their firm's strategic initiatives. To learn more and register for the conference, go to clientexperience.org slash cxps-conference. That's clientexperience.org slash cxps-conference. And you can register with the code AGILE200, that's A-G-I-L-E-2-0-0, for $200 off your tickets. You can hear from top professional services executives and CX thought leaders like myself through a combination of keynotes, breakout sessions, workshops, and panel discussions. Make sure to register at clientexperience.org slash CXPS conference with the code AGILE200 for $200 off your tickets. 
Now let's get back to the show. So let's uh, let's go to the second topic in in the report, and you know, so we just talked about consumer expectations of having a great customer experience, but there's also pressure to not just do better, but there's risk of losing a customer altogether if they have maybe not one bad experience, but you know, if they have lack of tailored experiences overall or or a string of of bad experiences, and so you know, from the report. Consumer patience with bad digital experience is low. Fifty-one uh, percent of consumers are frustrated with their interactions, mm-hmm. and sixty-six percent of consumers would quit a brand if their experience isn't personalized. Yeah, and this number is even more so with with some of the younger generations, like Gen Z. That number rises to seventy-five percent. So, yeah. you know, when we talk about these kind of numbers. Do a lot of these customers leave after a single experience, or um, you know? What are some, maybe even some small steps that brands can take to shore up some of their biggest weaknesses? Yeah, well, you know, you you raise some, you know, some great data out of the state of customer engagement report. And think of that report as kind of having two angles on it. We just directly ask consumers, would you have a repeat business with a with a brand that didn't personalize? And and you've quoted those numbers; they're really scary numbers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but then we also ask brands, you know, what are you seeing in performance? You know, when you I mean, you've provided personalized campaigns, did that increase your revenues? So a little bit of this is like, do you trust consumers when they tell you they're not going to engage? again you know that's a statement yeah. of intent but who knows right i wouldn't give up so quickly and i think you know customer engagement at a b2c level is a very broad sum of a lot of small interactions it's not a one or done maybe a, which is more of a b2b concept of hey we pitched the customer they went with our competitor I guess we lost them you know in b2c it's uh, it's much more granular than that and i think any st- steps towards personalization help if you've provided impersonal interactions in the past but you can personalize one type of interaction. It's worth it. It's worth it. It'll start to make a different type of impression on the consumer. The other thing I think is important to bear in mind as a consumer is that your opinion of brands goes up and down based on your last experience. So as long as you get another shot, let's make that last experience good. The, the example I think about, you know, I'm a, I'm a frequent flyer, frequent traveler. I stay at Marriott hotels. They've got 25, who knows how many different brands, you know, you can have a bad experience in a Marriott, I might even post a negative review to TripAdvisor, but I'll probably be back. You know, right. if, if a Marriott's in the right location, they, they are competitive on price, I'll give them another try. So consumers are willing to look at the totality of a relationship. But boy, it is scary when you turn them off, they turn off a Gen Z or a younger consumer on your first interaction. It can be hard to recover, but but yeah. keep trying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I th- I think we probably have the same. Uh, I- I'm a Delta and Marriott <laughs> person <laughs> myself, so that's that's funny. But but yeah, I mean, and I I think in those industries they also have learned. They learned early and and often that you know building loyalty through whether it's through loyalty programs or just other uh, you know other means like. They understand that you can have one bad flight or one bad hotel stay yeah. to your to your point and still recover from that if there's enough good and if there's you know i even i I switched banks recently for for my company and kind of a new banking product at a at a company that i that I support but had a bad experience, but the customer support that I received was so great mm. that it kind of evened out, you know? So in other words, it, it was a bad digital experience, but 
I got on the phone with someone and yeah. they talked me through it and they were like, yeah, like this is a brand new product, but thanks for your input. And then I actually even saw it implemented my one of my ideas at least implemented a, a month or two later and so you know there's there to your point there's opportunity to turn this stuff around yeah there's a big surface area of types of interactions that you have with your customers yeah definitely and so you know speaking of i guess of that this this idea of omni channel you know every channel personalization so you know whether that's all digital or, you know, incorporating brick and mortar and, you know, and those offline experiences, brands can struggle here, right? And and it, even even very large ones with, with a lot of resources, uh, you know, particularly when those offline or brick and mortar um, retail uh, experiences are involved. Yeah. What should those brands be doing knowing that, you know, they're not going to necessarily be able to change everything or personalize everything overnight, but, you know, where, mm-hmm. where should they... Where should they be thinking? I actually think it's harder for large brands because you've got stovepipe systems. Yeah. So let's just talk about omni-channel for a second. I mean, the simple rule of customer engagement period is to meet customers on their preferred channels. And then once you've met them where they want to meet with you, build your customer profiles based on input from all of those channels. And regardless of what channel a customer interacts with you, provide personalization benefits. Everything I've just said is way harder than it's. <laughs> yeah. You know, true omni-channel means recognizing that a customer who calls you today is the same customer that emailed you yesterday. And it's the same customer who shopped in your store last week. You know, if you just think about that simple bar, a lot of brands actually, frankly, don't reach that. We are starting to see that aspiration, though, and it is becoming a competitive advantage when you can connect your in-store, your on-the-phone, your online experience, and it's a single identity. That's the trick. Um, we have a customer highlighted on our Tulio segment website, Veronica Beard, bricks and mortar uh, company, and they've used uh, Twilio segment specifically to, to go omni-channel and create audience segments based on data coming from all channels. That, that was the challenge that they were facing. And the result now is they do things like suppress ad presentation from customers with low engagement. You know, they used to do that based on you know, a bad survey, but now they can do it based on all sorts of, of, um, of data points from all, all channels and create a better targeted online advertising campaigns on places like Facebook because they are able to more accurately segment their audiences. So that's an omni-channel trick, based basically not just interacting with customers on the channels they want, but collecting from all the channels and creating a unified profile. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, and I think the the collection piece is, is critical, right? Because, you know, as I, as I was saying with the, you know, the a- anecdote I gave about the the banking experience, it's like any relationship whether you know it's a brand relationship or a personal relationship like someone's gonna mess something up right at some point in in that in that experience and so you know i i always say the the real test of relationship is what happens when something goes wrong right it's you know when things are going great then you know nobody's worried but how can a brand best protect themselves against that occasional slip up again no knowing that it's gonna happen at some point but How do you build equity in in that relationship so so that uh, you know when when something bad does happen it's it's not all lost? 
I like the way you put that, Greg, build up equity, uh, build up some benefit of the doubt in the brand. Um, you know, we talked a little earlier about the totality of the surface area of your interactions with customers. It's, it's, it's you know, traditionally we might say it's sales, uh, service and support, or you can break it down into phases, but you really start to think about it. You're interacting and you're communicating with customers in a lot of different venues. To use my Veronica Beard example, you know, to the customer, it's, it's, the, it's the same brand, whether you're dealing with a cashier or an online return, or you're looking up information, or you're augmenting your order, you know, to the brand behind the scenes, woo, that's a lot of different processes there. And if you can at least shore up a few of them, those positive interactions start to add up and start to build that brand equity. You know, I think um, we, 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 you know, I've described Twilio as a customer engagement platform. And just to define the term, like what the heck is customer <laughs> engagement? You know, we define it as the sum of all interactions a brand has with its customers. That's a big thing, especially for B2C. That is a big sum and it builds up over hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of interactions. So yeah, an occasional slip up is fine. Think about your real life, uh, relationships with other humans. They let you down. They impress you. They make you smile. They make you laugh. They make you frustrated. But humans are surprisingly good at weighing a bunch of disparate data points and coming up with a pretty fair assessment of the degree to which they trust you. So it's, it's, it's just, I, you don't need to worry about the one slip up. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So let's, uh, let's move on to the last topic for, for today. And the, the third, third point in the, the report Personalizing customer experiences requires understanding the customer. You mentioned this 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 earlier, and you know, empathizing with the customer, which requires having a lot of information about that customer, uh, behaviors, purchases, propensity to buy, demographic, other information. But all of this requires customers to trust the brands with their data, and many businesses struggle to balance security and customer experience. And according to the report, 42% of businesses say finding a balance between security and CX is their biggest challenge with four out of 10 consumers saying they've stopped doing business with a brand after their expectations for trust and privacy weren't met. So let's talk a little bit about this. You know, I call it a paradox because, you know, customers want things one-to-one omni-channel personalization, but personalization requires them to give a lot of information and, and collect a lot of data about them. But they're sometimes reluctant to want to give their data and their permissions in order for brands to really provide that tailored experience. So, you know, what should brands do here to communicate with their customers about their need for good data in order to do this personalization well? Well, the technical answer is you need to look at zero and first party data rather than third party data. But let me put that in more human terms. Customers, humans, want you to pay attention to them. Um, what they don't want you to do is eavesdrop on them or something. Yeah. <laughs> so think of the uh, pre-modern tech era of shopkeepers, local shopkeepers who sold goods in a, in a corner pharmacy or whatnot. And, you know, when customers come through the door, you get greeted by name and they, they know uh, you were in last week and you always buy the same oatmeal and I don't know. So they, they, they remember you. They recognize your, your uh, preferences. We, generally speaking, humans have a very warm reaction to that sort of respectful engagement. What they don't want is that shopkeeper to uh, then sell your name and preferences to the advertiser down the street. Then they sort right. of get resentful of that. You know, technology has just allowed us to supercharge that either trustful or distrustful 
interaction we have with customers. We have for a couple of decades now not respected that relationship and the buying and selling of third party data, you know, had become kind of a rampant problem in marketing. We're moving away from that. That era is coming to a close. So I think it doesn't mean customers don't want you to have their data. They very much do. They just want you to respect it. Um, I, I want to use a specific customer example here, a Twilio segment customer, which is CrossFit. CrossFit collects a lot of data about their athletes, about their affiliates, about their coaches, and they store that data in various systems all around CrossFit. And if you're an athlete, you want CrossFit to know about you. You want right. to get the right interactions. So it's not that they want – consumers don't want to be anonymous. They just want to have a first party relationship with you. And once they get it, the loyalty that that engages, uh, that that engenders is huge. CrossFit has seen really impressive uh, improvements in their relationship with their affiliate owners and their athletes because they're they're delivering better insights based on what they know about each athlete. That's a good thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it kind of comes down to is uh, don't 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 lump all data in that bad category. That's just not how humans work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, so you've, you've touched on this a bit, but, you know, just to dive in a little deeper, um, what should brands be doing from a technology perspective then, you know, to, to make sure that they are effectively capturing and using that zero and, and first party data? Yeah, well, think about the analogy I just gave. If you're running something bigger than a corner drugstore, you're probably going to need a tech assist uh, in remembering yeah. um, things about your thousands or millions of customers, and you need to that uh, you need that information to be delivered to you in real time in the course of an interaction with your customer. So I think that's a good analogy to keep in mind from a technology perspective. You want your tech to simulate to the maximum extent possible a respectful human to human relationship. Once you go beyond that and you're thinking about mass targeting and you know rifling the same message to thousands, then you've done it wrong. But if you're, you're using tech as an assist to make you the corner drugstore trusted vendor to millions of consumers, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Glenn, uh, thanks so much for joining. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. Um, if you were to summarize one or two key actions a brand should take based on Twilio's state of customer engagement report, what, what would they be? I would start with get a good CDP, get a good data, customer data platform. There's there's embedded ones in different products, but you know, th- there's so many great best of breed CDPs. We have a great one in Twilio segment, but just get a great CDP. And then secondly, I would say, make sure that once you've got one, like you've got to act on those insights with a great communications uh, system. So make sure you've got a way to activate the insights coming out of your CDP. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Glenn Weinstein, Chief Customer Officer at Twilio for joining the show. You can learn more about Glenn and Twilio by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.